Yes. Father, we do, we do love you. There's no question. And we know you love us. And we lift our voices to that because of that love. It is based upon that love. It's based upon the faith that we have in you and the sureness of who you are. And Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit dwells not only in us, but as it dwells in us, Father, it shows us how to worship. It shows us how to pray. It lets us know that you've got it, that you're in control. We we never, ever have to worry or be anxious about anything. And it's because of your love and your faithfulness that when we are unfaithful, you're faithful. And so we lift up our voice today. We lift up our hearts today. And we thank you for being such a loving, kind, forgiving, slow to anger, God of justice and God of truth. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody say Amen and amen. You may be seated. It is so good to have you here this morning. I'll tell you, man, we had a great time at the first service. So good to have you today. And I just, I, I just, I just want to continue to encourage you that there are so many great things going on with us right now. And I'm going to share a few of them with you, but I just want to thank you for your participation. Thank you for what you're doing to, to make all these things happen. Uh, but, but before I do, I just, I just want to say this to you, man, I am so pleased. I am so pleased to be a CSU Ram. I want y'all to know that. I just want y'all to know that, man, those guys, my goodness we had a few of those guys here the first hour and and man i'm telling you i i i just love what i saw and and there's a lot of believers on that football team god is growing them up and there's a lot of great things going on so but what i want to do is i want i want to tell you about the things that, that are happening right now we are getting ready to pull the trigger on a piece of land and uh, if, if, if you're aware of Fort Collins and how it's made up over there on LeMay uh, and Lincoln, uh, you know, you see where the new Woodward governor is going on on the other side of the street. Uh, you see the breweries and then on the other side of there going east, you can see some apartments right next to Walmart. And then you see a bank on the corner called Colorado Bank. Behind there is a hundred and some acres. We're getting ready to pull the trigger on 15 of them. And uh, it's just a matter of, of seeing all the works that need to be done. And, you, you know, you guys heard last week we secured, uh, you know, the $1.3 million. We, we We just got to come up with the other part of it. And so we're on our way, man. This is fun stuff. I mean, it's, it's fun. And so I want to thank you. The building program is on us. I just want to make sure when you leave out, you get one of those brochures. The website is up. We're on. Things are getting ready to take place. I am so excited. But, like, you know, there there's something here on the screen that I just want you to get ready for. Man, I'm excited about what's happening in our church and our people. And I don't know about you, but have you ever had these dreams? I've told this to the first service. Have you ever had a dreams where you just kind of feel like you wake up? Well, and let me say this. This is before you wake up. That in this dream, and you don't realize it until the dream until you wake up, that you got some test to take and you're not ready for it. Or, or either you got to be at some spot and you're just not ready for it. I, I have dreams like that. I don't know if y'all have, but I have. They're, they're, they're anxiety dreams is what they are. They're, they're anxiety. And, and man, they get me all the time. I wake up and I feel like I got to say something. I'm not ready. I got to go to a test. I'm not ready. I'm trying to get out the door. My clothes ain't on. I'm, you know, I'm running around, you know, but y'all never had those kind of dreams, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, you know, and, and, and the whole issue of that is that what we're going to be talking about today, man, are you ready? 
I'm going to ask you that question today several times. Are you ready? And the reason why I asked that question is because three weeks ago, as we began to hit 2 Corinthians 89, the first thing we talked about you is about grace and about attitude and about this other statement that we made that regardless of your earthly, you know, uh, climate and, and regardless of your financial portfolio, okay, I want you to listen to this, that your heavenly bank account is always full. That's the first thing we talked about a couple, three weeks ago. The second thing we talked about was reciprocity, that, that, that God will grant you reciprocity so that you can have the advantage, so that no matter what happens, when you have a surplus or when you have a deficiency, you're always going to have enough. And then last week, we talked about being good stewards, and the stewardship was there for this reason, that we will always have what you would call horizontal and vertical conviction, that we have have a responsibility to God and we have a responsibility to man to take the things that we've got and be horizontally and vertically uh, convicted about it. Now, what I've been sharing with you for a while here is about grace, having the ability to do something that you cannot do, but also having favor from God. The second thing is also to have the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. So as we begin to hit this particular subject today, I want to share with you what we're doing. Now, I shared with this as the first service. Now, we're getting ready to do a media blitz. But let me tell you, first of all, why we're doing it. If you look at the pool of Christians in the city of Fort Collins, there's about 45, let's just give it a good number. There's about 45 to 50,000 believers in the city of Fort Collins. But you got a city that's 150,000 strong. So you got 100,000 people over here. Now I want you to get this picture that ain't nobody reaching. 100,000. And over here in this little Christian pool over here, you got people basically just rearranging the seats on the Titanic, going from one church to another, basically just re just pushing the reset button. That's it. So after about four or five years, after about ten years, they decide they're just going to go to another place. And before you know it, everybody's just pushing the reset burden and the same amount of people in this pool. So like ten years from now, seven, eight years from now, Fort Collins increases to 120,000 or 150,000. Let's say it increased to 200,000 because that 50,000 stays the same. Are you hearing me? Okay, I'm going to say it again. That 50,000 stays the same. Do you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't grow. It doesn't reach anybody. Okay? So it's just Christians shifting from one church to another. But then all of a sudden, you got 100,000 people that moves to 115, 150,000 people that ain't nobody touching for Jesus. Did you get that, church? Here's what we're getting ready to do. I've only done it twice in the history of years since she's 25 years old. We're getting ready to do a media blitz. Okay, we're talking about social media. We're talking about the newspaper. We're talking about hitting neighborhoods. And let me say this to you, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do that to go after those hundred thousand people that don't know Jesus. Now, here's the question. Now, we've done this twice in Jesus, twice in her whole existence. When we've done it, our attendance has not only doubled, but it's tripled. And we've been able to hold some of those people. Now, we're talking about readiness here. If God decides, and I want you to hear me real clearly, 
If God decides to bring 500 people through these doors next Sunday, are you ready? Are you ready to take care of them? Are you ready to reach people who don't know Jesus from a hole in the wall? Because that's what we are getting ready to do. And that's what we're excited about. That's why we keep these chairs like they are. Because we're asking you, are you ready? See, Paul is talking about that. Paul is talking about readiness. Paul is getting ready to say something to us. And every time I look at these sets of scriptures as we do Second Corinthians 89, I keep thinking he's talking about money. Well, he's talking about more than money. So here's the question. Are you ready for God to use you today with your power? Are you ready right now for God to use you with your possessions? Are you ready today, right now, for God to use you in your passion? Are you ready for God to use your time? Right now, are you ready for God to use your talents? Are you ready for him to use your treasure? If God so chose to use you right now, man, are you ready for it? See, because most people will tell you that success the most important thing, having success, is preparing for success. I tell you, the Bible says the most important thing before preparation is readiness. Or, or, are you are you ready if the Holy Spirit hits you right now? And that's what we're getting ready to talk about. And so we're excited about the fact that we're getting ready to purchase land. We're excited about the fact that we're ready to, to do this uh, outreach to our city. And we're also excited about the fact that we're going after the unchurched and the unsaved. Are you with me, church? Because that's what we're going for. We're, we're not interested in, in, in Christians. Look here, look here. The, 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 please don't hear me say this in a wrong manner. Man, I'm not interested in bringing more Christians to this church. I'm interested in bringing the people that don't know Jesus to this church. And I'm interested in going to get those people. And we're ready to do that. We weren't ready to do that six years ago. We were not ready to do that ten years ago. But we're ready now. Because we've been planning for it. We've been praying for it. We've been planning for it. And we're getting ready to do it. So in the midst of all that's going on, I keep asking the Lord, as I begin to read these scriptures, Lord, is this about money? Is this about money? Is this about money? He says, no, it is. Money's part of it. But what it's about, Johnny, is me. It's about people understanding this one thing. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me when I say this to you. The problem is not the harvest. The problem is the laborers going into the harvest. Do you hear me? I want to make sure you hear me today because that's where we're going as a church. And we're asking everybody to be involved in this. Okay. And I'm praying each and every day for laborers, for people who are willing to allow the spirit of God to move them on the other half of the ledger. The other half of the ledger is being a good neighbor. The other half of the ledger is taking those good neighbors and beginning to reach out evangelistically. The other half of the ledger is to not only be a good neighbor, but the other half is talking about evangelism, but the other half is talking about discipleship. That's how we're going to grow. And we can start tomorrow putting our name in the paper. We can start tomorrow talking about we're here. But what? So that those same Christians and other churches who are bewildered in that church, don't like what's going on in that church, can shift over here and then push the reset burden five months from now. Are you hearing me at all? I want to make sure. Because that's what we're getting ready to do. And so 
we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a couple of things with you today. Now, first of all, before this message is over with, okay, I'm gonna give you something. So the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about what it's saying. We're gonna look at Second Corinthians nine one through five. We're gonna tell you what it's saying. Here's the second thing we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna tell you who it's talking to. Okay, and then the third thing we're going to do is show you how it applies to your life. All right. Now, so you know, I'm an acronym nut. So I want you to get ready to write down four P's, man. I just want you to get ready for them. But I got to set you up for them first. Okay, church, are we ready to go? Okay, now here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do what I've been doing with you for the last several weeks. I'm going to ask you, did you get that? You're going to go what? Got it. And then I'm going to say what? Good. I want you to make sure we're communicating today. Because, man, we're moving. And I'm not excited for the sake of excitement. You know what I'm excited about? That God is about to move on this church. That's what I'm excited about. And he's about to move in these people. Because my question is going to be to you this. You've got something sitting in you that you haven't used. You've got some things that God is calling you to do that you haven't done. It's time. I mean, it's time to do it. So let's jump over here to 2 Corinthians. We're going to start with verse 9, I mean, chapter 9. And we're going to go all the way down to verse 5. And then I'm going to go over and give you a cross-reference because I want you to understand what he's trying to communicate. Look here at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 1 through 5. He says, for it is superfluous for me to write to you about this ministry to the saints. For I know your readiness, of which I boasted about you to the Macedonians, namely, that Archaea has been prepared since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I have sent the brethren that our boasting about you may not be made empty in this case, that as I was saying, you may be prepared. For if any Macedonian came with me and found you unprepared, we, not to speak of you, should be put to shame by this confidence. So I thought it necessary to urge the brethren that they would go on ahead to you and arrange beforehand your previously promised bountiful gift, that the same might be ready as a bountiful gift, and not affected, as the same be ready as a bountiful gift, and not affected by covetous. So what do we mean here, ladies and gentlemen, by being ready? What What is Paul trying to get at? Well, the first thing we need to do is go over to Matthew 25. And I want to talk to you a little bit in Matthew 25 as a cross-reference about something that God would like to share with you this morning. And it's about these 10 versions. And there is a feast or a bridegroom getting ready to come by. And these people are not ready. As a matter of fact, they are not prepared. And so I'm going to keep asking you this question. If the Lord decided today to bring 500 people to Eosis, what would you do with them? How would you treat them when they walked in this room? And they don't look like somebody that you used to hanging around in your culture sack. A hundred thousand people sitting out there waiting to hear the gospel. Waiting for somebody to walk up to them and tell them about Jesus Christ. Waiting for their lives to change. Waiting for the Holy Spirit to hit them. Waiting for the vessels of who we are to touch them in their soul. 
Now watch this. It says here in Matthew 25, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be compared to ten virgins. They represent holiness. They represent purity. It says, Who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Obviously, there's a feast getting ready to take place. A wedding is going to happen here real soon. And he says, and five of them were foolish and five were prudent. Now, the word foolishness does not mean ignorance in the Bible. The word foolishness means lacking spiritual sense. It it, it basically means ignoring something that is already true, and you so choose to be ignorant about it. And then he says, for when the foolish took their lamps, and they took no oil with them, obviously they were not ready, they were not prepared. It says, but the prudent took the oil and flax uh, along with their lamps. These people were ready in their preparation. He says, now while the bridegroom was delaying, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. And basically, what this basically means, ladies and gentlemen, is they became lazy now the question that i asked of you i'm not telling you that you're lazy but i'm looking here man i'm asking you about your time have you just given your time to the secular world and not given your time to the lord and investing your time in his work have you gotten to the point where you got these talents and gifts that god has blessed with you and you've gotten lazy with those gifts maybe you've gone to sleep on them i'm not saying that you have but when you got uh, these treasures that are in your possession, whatever they might be, have you been giving that more to the secular world than giving it to God's work? See, these are principles here that we see in this uh, ministry of readiness here amongst the virgin. It says, and while the brown group delayed, they all got drowsy and began to sleep. But at midnight, there was a shout, behold, the bridegroom, behold, the bridegroom, come out. To meet him. Now, has God shouted to you and say, just don't sit there? Has God shouted to you in your spirit and your soul and say, just don't hang out because you got something that you're sitting on? And he's saying, are you ready to do it? Are you ready to move when I tell you to move? Are you ready to go when I tell you to go? And he shouts. And all of a sudden, when that shout comes, okay, when that shout comes, all right, it, it says that that shout, I got to find my place, got to find my place, the, 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 the bridegroom. And he, then he says, then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the prudent, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the prudent answer saying, no, there will not be enough for us, and you too Go instead to the dealers and put some for yourselves and buy some for yourself. And while they were going away to make the purchase, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast. And the door was shut. And later the other virgins also came saying, Lord, Lord, open up for us. But the answer but, the, but he answered and said, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Be on the alert, for you do not know the day or the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes the Bible tells us it's too late. 
Sometimes the Bible says that you have been so lazy, I can't use you. Sometimes the Bible says that we look at certain situations and they are the way they are. And we look at them and don't choose to change them because we're waiting on somebody else. Sometimes it's too late. Sometimes there are things that don't get done because we, I, don't decide to do it. Sometimes God is saying to you and I, it's important for you to be ready. It's, it's, it's important for you to have availability. It's important, it's important for you to not only have availability, but it's also in part for, important for that availability to be ready to be used. Now, when you begin to look, ladies and gentlemen, at this word called readiness, readiness basically means prepared for what? Immediate use. Right now. Right now. You know, I, 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 I really thought, you, you know, um, that when I was, you know, growing up and, and going to church a lot and, 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 and I, I kept thinking, I kept thinking, you know, that when I looked at these scriptures that Paul was talking about money. Every time I look up, I go, God, is this about money? Is this about money? He says, no, John, it's not about money. It's about are my people ready to be used by me? You know, and I can, I can, I can remember <laughs> when I told this to the first service that my mom used to always get us ready, man, for church. She always did. And she would give us so much money to put in the plate. You know, I want to say this to you. Y'all just need to be glad you're not at the Baptist church because you know what? They took, they took the offerings four times during the service. Four times. I mean, they would stand you up and they would parade you around, man. And you would go to that plate and you would put money in it. And you would do it four times. See, the beauty here is we only do it once. I just want y'all to know this. You just be glad you're not in the Baptist church on that thing. Now, here's the other thing. Mom used to give us this money, man. And I bet you'd be anywhere from 35 to 40 cents. Now, I told you about this last week. Look, man, I was so happy I got there because we'd be dressed up. Mom give me 35, 40 cents. And uh, the reason for that was so that we would be ready to put money in the plate when we had to get up. But I would take some of that money, man. Look here. Let me tell you something, man. A moon cookie. Look here. I took about 25 cents. I could buy a moon cookie. I could buy a bottle of Coke. Not cocaine, but a bottle that you drink. And, and then you could have, what, a pickle? And you can have some tater chips. And, man, I tell you what, in between services, I will go do that. And my mom found out I wasn't giving all the money. You know what she'd do? she put a tattoo on my behind. That's what she would do. Now, let me say this to you, man. She did that because she wanted her kids to be ready and prepared to do something on Sunday mornings, to get involved in something. I'm going to tell you about these four Ps in just a moment. Now, let me say this to you. These young men yesterday were ready to play football. And I'm, I, and, and I know that when, when, when the game was over with, you know, the coach told him, look here, man, we got you ready. You do it. You did exactly what we told you to do. Now, the only thing that was left is that you did, didn't finish. You were ready to play, but you just didn't finish. And, and so what, what, what we, what we're learning here in this first run through here is the first thing that's happening here. What is he saying? What he's saying is, are you ready? Church, are you ready? Church, are you ready as an individual? I want you to think about this. Are you ready as an individual today? Now, you're going to hear me say this a thousand times. Are you ready today to give your time to God today? 
There is some giftedness in each and every one of you sitting here. Every last one of you got a gift. Are you ready to display that gift right now? If God shows stir, stir, it shows to stir you up. Are you ready? Now, there's something else you've got. You've got something in your possession. Are you ready to use it right now? So not only your power, your passion, and your possession. Are you ready to use your passion right now? Okay. Here's what I mean. Are you passionate about serving Jesus? Are you passionate about worship? Are you passionate about reading the word of God? Or you can be excited as somebody who goes to a football game about when Jesus makes a move, when he makes a first down. See, these are things that God has asked of me. Because I'm giving all that to the secular world. I'm giving all that. Johnny, are you ready to think about me? Are you prepared to pray to me about you and me? And it has nothing to do with church. It has nothing to do with preparing for a sermon. Would you read the Bible just for the sake of me if you don't ever have to lead church or anything like that? Are you ready? I'm going to ask this question. Church, are you hearing me? Did you get that? Good. Because now the second thing that we're getting ready to do, who is it talking to? See, he's talking to the Corinthians and he's talking to them because something happened to them a year ahead of time. Something happened to them because they had started something and they didn't finish it. Something happened. And I asked myself the question, how many times, Johnny, have you got excited about something and, 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 and midway through it, man, you stopped? How many times I've excited, you know, started to do something for my kids or for my wife or for my home, but all of a sudden something, some, something just sidetracked me. You know who else he's talking to? He's talking to the believer. He's talking to you and I. When he asked that question, man, Johnny, what have I asked you to prophesy today? Are you ready to prophesy? What if what what if I ask you to get up out of your seat and go over to this young lady here and start praying for? What if I ask you to get ready to start knocking on doors in your neighborhood? Are you ready to do that? Our staff had to ask that question. Our staff would tell you last Tuesday, every last one of them would ask that question. Are you ready to pass out brochures? Are you ready to go knock on some people's doors? Are you ready to stop in the grocery store to say hello to somebody in the name of Jesus? Are you ready for that? So he's talking to believers. Now what we're getting ready to do is we're going to look at these scriptures, and I'm going to show you in the scriptures a more deeper meaning here. Let's jump back at 2 Corinthians 9, and look what it says. He says, man, for is it superfluous? That means it's it, 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 it's it's it, it's no big thing to exceedingly with more necessity to tell you this and then to write to you this about this particular ministry and this is the ministry of giving it's just not money it's beyond that and giving to the saints do you care about Jerusalem do you care that she is suffering because it was from Jerusalem that you got the gospel and how many times have somebody come into your life and pulled you up 
pull you out of the dumps. And God is saying there's somebody else that's in the dump, and I want you to get ready to pull them up. So Paul said, it's no big thing to write this to you. He says, for I know your readiness. I know your preparedness because the word ready now is a what? It's a military term. It's a term that says I am ready for battle, and I want you to know how fully aware that I know it. See, I knew that those young men yesterday were ready to play. I knew they were ready to handle Minnesota. We knew that. It says, for I know your readiness for which I was. I know the eagerness. I know the inclination of mind and zeal and spirit of which I boasted about you. Now, let me say this to you, man. When people boast about you, it's because you've impressed them. When people are boast about you, it's because you've done something. People uh, boast about you because you have stirred something up in them. Now watch this. I boast about you to the Macedonians, namely that Achaia has been prepared. Achaia is ready. Why? And she was ready last year. And your zeal has stirred her up. Now, how many times have you done something because you saw somebody else do it? How many times have somebody walked into your cul-de-sac and stirred your world up? And how many times have you walked into somebody else's cul-de-sac and stirred their world up? And all Paul is saying, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of when you gave me the word that I need. I'm aware of when you gave me that handshake that I needed. I'm aware of when you gave me that encouragement that I need. You know why? Because you did this and you stirred up a whole nother region. And then he said here in verse 3, but I have sent. The brethren, Titus, the man whose reputation in the gospel was known, also the man who was battle-tested, I send this guy to you, I send these brothers to you, that our what boasting about you may not be made empty. How disappointed it would be if I told people, you know what, well, you can come on into Eosis, man, and this is what we'll do for you. And all of a sudden they come. And then we don't do it. How many times have somebody told you, you can come and you can talk with Pastor Square, you can come or you can talk with somebody in this church and they'll take care of you. I don't know how many times that has happened, but I do remember uh, about two, three months ago, we had Campus Crusade here on campus. And there was a guy from Miami that called me and asked me if we could take care of a young girl that was here for a couple of weeks. And I called the moles who were in the first service to do that. And, man, let me tell you something, man. That girl came here, and they took care of her for a whole week. And that guy wrote me a letter back and said, thank you, man, because when you told me those people would do this, they did it. Now, would it be embarrassing if I asked the moles to take care of them and a young lady stayed with them and the impression that they had of our church was not an impression of a church of people who have hospitality? How embarrassing would that be? Church, are you hearing me at all? Is our word enough? Paul is basically saying, let's not embarrass ourselves. Let's say what we mean and mean what we say. Now, now check this out as we get ready to close here because I got, I'm just dying to get to those four P's with you. You know I'm an acronym nut here. And then he says, but uh, I'm sending those brothers. Why? So that I boast of men, I be empty. And in this case, that as I was saying, you may be prepared. And watch verse 4 here. He says, and lest if any Macedonians came with me and found you unprepared, we, not to speak of you, should be put to shame by this confidence. But Paul is saying, I don't want you to embarrass me. I'm not going to embarrass you. So I want you to get ready. And look at verse 5. 
So I thought it necessary to urge, to encourage you by the brethren that they will go ahead of you and arrange beforehand, watch this, your previous promised bountiful gift. Now notice this, previous means that you thought about it. Promise means that you committed to it. Bountiful means that it was gracious and gift meant that it was free. There was something you thought about it to the point that you became committed to it. You were very gracious in it and it came to you freely. That the same might be ready as a bountiful gift and not affected by covenants. And what Paul was saying is uh, we want you to just realize that we won't line our pockets with this. We just want you to realize that if they gave a half million, then Jerusalem would get a half million. It wouldn't get, uh, you know, 495000 They'd get $500,000 because here's what he's saying. There's two opposite uh, ways of giving, a kind of generosity that flows from the experiencing God's blessings and from trusting the sufficiency of God's grace which is another kind of giving, the kind of, uh, of begrudging uh, uh, greediness and self-reliance that selfishly seeks to keep as much as possible for myself. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've answered the question of what is it saying. It's talking about readiness. We've answered the question of who is this talking to. It's talking to the Corinthians and it's talking to us. Now, here's how we close this. I want you to get ready. I want you to get ready to write down four P's, okay? Four P's. And in order to do that, I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 16th chapter. Would you do that, please? And we're going to read verse 1 and 2. So here we go. You're going to write down these four P's because before this day is out, before this week is out, God is going to challenge you on all four of those P's. Now watch here. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2. It says, now concerning the collection... For the saints, as I directed the churches at Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, let each one of you put aside and save as he may prosper that no collection be made when I come. Now, let's look at this. We're going to break this down. Here's how we close this thing. Okay. Now. Being prepared, ladies and gentlemen, means nothing more than making something ready for use and consideration. Here's the first P. Look at it here in 2A. It says, on the first day of every week. Here's the statement. The first P is called period. P-E-R-I, okay, O-D, period. There is a period of time where God is asking you to set aside for him. Now, my question is, when you get up in the morning and you begin to look at your schedule, do you say to yourself, and I have to be checked on this, do you say to yourself, God, am I, I need to talk to you about making time for you this week. Do you do that? Do you get on your knees in the morning and say, God, I got a whole week ahead of me. I got a whole day ahead of me. Can I make time for you? That's the first thing he tells us to do, period, time period. And what he means here, Paul is saying, I want you to be able to come to church once a week or two, three times a week if you can, because I want you to do it the first day of every week or at least 
once a month. You got to come. Time period. And he's telling believers to do that. Here is number two. Look here. In First uh, Corinthians 16, 2b. He's saying, look, okay. He's saying, let each one of you. Now, not only is he saying a time period, but watch this, man. He is talking about participation. Look here. You can have all the time. You can have all the talent. Watch this. Listen up. You can have all the possessions that you need, but it won't make a bit of difference if you don't what? Participate. So the first one is time period. The second one is participate. God is saying, are you willing to participate? And he's asking us to participate. He's asking you to put that aside. Now we're getting ready to do number three. Here we go. We're looking at 2C. He says, not only the first day of every week, let each one of you put aside. But look what he says. He says, put aside and save. Now that reason for saving is that you might bring it to number three, a place. That you might bring it to the church. That's where Malachi 3.10 is, ladies and gentlemen. God says this here. It's beautiful. It's the only place in the entire Bible where he says, test me. Malachi 3.10. And he says, look here. Here's what I'll do. Man, I will do what? I will do two things. I will remove the curse. Watch this. And I'll remove the devourer. I don't know about you, but there's sometimes when I go to my mailbox, it seems like, man, I owe everybody in the city of Fort Collins something. I mean, man, there's just bills everywhere. But God is saying, hold on, Johnny. I want you to understand something, man. If you understand every week, at least once a month or so, I'm asking you to save and put something aside. I'm asking you to go to church being ready to give not only your money, but also your time and also your talent. I want you to get ready for that. I want that to be on your heart. And how many of you walked in this room today before you came in here anticipating that you're ready to give something? How many of you? How many of you every week saying, man, I'm going to anticipate giving God my time? How many of you each week said, God, I'm going to anticipate in giving you my talent today? And so Paul is laying out principles. That's all they are. I wasn't doing that. And he had to get on me. That, that means every time the body of Christ gets together, you anticipate a time. I'm getting ready to meet with the believers this week on Wednesday at a Bible study. I'm getting ready to come back later on this evening to a party that the that the that, that the saints are throwing. I'm getting ready to come back on Sunday night to pray and listen to God. That's a time period. You know what else I'm getting ready to do? I'm getting ready to participate in such a way that I'm going to give my gift. If God wants to use me to give a word, I'm ready. God is saying, look, period. He's talking about participation and he's talking about place. Give it to a place where the saints meet. Church, did you get that? Good. See, it's right there in Scripture. I'm not making this up. It's right there. Now, watch the last thing here. Watch the last thing here. Okay? Watch the last thing here. And then he's saying here in verse uh, in verse 2D, and then he says, look. <laughs> he says, as you save and put it aside, as he may prosper that no collection be made when I come. Let me make this real simple. I don't really need to be the president of the United States to help the United States get out of debt. 
I'm going to give you a simple formula, and it's right there in the Bible. See, because God doesn't want to punish the billionaire for being a billionaire. Are you with me now? You got you got to appreciate people who do a good job of making money and providing jobs. Do you hear me? Well, man, we man, we, we got to say, come on, do it more. But at the same time, God is not neglecting the ones who don't have. Because he says the poor will always be with you and you need to make provisions for them. Because some people become poor sometimes because of accident, incident, or whatever. I don't know anybody who says, I'm coming out of the womb, man. You know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be a poor man. Nobody ever says that. Jesus is the only one that said that. I'm going to become poor so that you can be rich. Now watch this. All they have to do, man, look at it. You, you can tell O'Reilly, put the camera right here, and I tell all America. All you have to do is have 20% giving. That's it. 10% goes to any local charity or church you wanted to go. Another 10% goes to the government. And let me say this here, 80% you live off of. That way, the rich man and the poor man is paying the same portion. And there's no such thing as socialism. There's no such thing as communism. So the last one is proportion is this. It's because according to how you prosper. That's it. That's all it is. That's all it is, ladies and gentlemen. So before I close this, here's where we are. I know you can come in here and you can see how many people is in this room. And you can say from week to week, why isn't ESS growing? We have chosen not to for a reason. We have chose not to put our name in the paper. We have chose not to go out and say, here we are, come and see. We have chosen not to do that. And we've done it in the past. And we've grown like a weed. But the open door in the front was just as big as the back door in the back. There was at one time where we had 2,500 to 3,000 people sitting in the building. But most of those people were believers from other places who had done nothing more than press the reset button. And ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to do that anymore. Jesus says the problem is not the harvest, it's the laborers. And we got a lot of people that want to get involved in spiritual giftedness and speak in tongues and see all the wonders and signs. Let me tell you something, man. Those signs and wonders are for the non-believers that God is still here. And those signs and wonders are for the believers that God has called us not only to be saved, but to be sent. That's what they're for. And so we did this twice in Jesus. And we're getting ready to do it the third time. So this message is not only about a campaign where we're getting ready to raise 1.5 million, which we already have 1.2 secured. Already. Our job is to come up with the 225,000. That's it. And that little property over on behind the Colorado Bank off of Lincoln and uh, LeMay. Is nothing more than a place for us to have permanency to continue to do one thing, reach the unsaved and the unchurched. 
And that's where we are going. And when I ask you the question, are you ready? This is what my staff and leadership decided last Tuesday. But we've been prepared for it for six months. So I close with the question that I asked you when we opened up the service. If God brought 500 people in this church next Sunday, would you be ready? Would you be ready? Would you be ready to reach out to them? Would you be ready to love on these people? Would you be ready to let them know about the love of Jesus Christ? Or would you remain a consumer dealing with more of what you can get than it is that you can get? That's what we're about, man. That's what the name Eosis is about. It's about healing. It's about restoration. It's about reaching out to those and giving a cold cup of water to a hurting people. Because I want you to know that God's desire from the beginning was to have the entire heavens full of people. That was his intent, that nobody would go to hell. Not a single one. But because he's given us choice, people will choose not to. But he said that none should perish. So he says, come on now. I'm trying to encourage you. Come on, baby. I'm trying to give you a spiritual pep rally. Come on now. I'm trying to stir you up to good works. Come on. I'm trying to tell you, are you ready to go do it? Are you ready to step out now and step out into your neighborhood? Are you ready to step out in the grocery store, in the mall? Are you ready? Because that's where we're going. And if I thought it was about money, I would have told you it was about money. But it's not about money. And we ain't ashamed to talk about money here. I used to be, but we're not. But I want you to know what's coming. See these empty chairs? They're here for a reason. We, we, we could have taken that wall on the other side and used that, and it's about half this size, and we could have been a few hundred of us crowded in a little circle, and everybody just going around in circles, man. And just rearranging the seats on the Titanic. But we wanted you to see every Sunday. You don't need to come in here doom and gloom. Oh, man, there's only a handful of people here. No, you need to ask the question, man, what is my role? Church, are you hearing me at all? What is my responsibility? Because when I gave you this little thing over here in the beginning about these 50,000 Christians that are in Fort Collins, and that 50,000 pot is not growing. They're just going from one church to the next every five years. Do y'all know that Fort Collins is the number one church hopping city in the state of Colorado? Did you know that? That's all it is. Look here. We're not going to subject ourselves to that. And we're going to break that statistic. We're going to break it. And there's a hundred thousand over here waiting. And here's what the Lord told me two nights ago. Well, last week. Son, if you go, I'll bring them. I'll bring them. We have taught you evangelism. We have taught you discipleship. And we have taught you neighboring. Are you ready to go do it now? I want to grow. What about you? We got to grow. It's God's mandate. So I hope that you have been encouraged today. 
the only reason why I'm talking loud is because of I, my, my my wife said, just make sure you don't shout at him, honey. Don't don't shout at him. But but if I don't talk loud, you can't hear my voice. Man, I love you to death. I really do. But my biggest prayer is that God will break your heart for the loss. To think that one moment there would be one person in your family who would be separated from Jesus Christ for all eternity. You know, and God would have to use a little baby <laughs> to get us excited. So I love you, man, but we're ready to go. I hope you're ready to go with me. Did you get that, church? <laughs> Good. We're going to take up our offering, and then we're going to close. Father, we want to thank you so much. And we look forward to what you're about to, what you are doing, <laughs> what you are doing in the city of Fort Collins, what you are doing to ESs and other churches. And Father, the loss is out there. But we not only want to reach them, but we want to raise them up in discipleship so that they then can go out and be more replacement value for you. And we just want to be good neighbors. Keep us on the alert, Lord. Keep us and show us how to be ready. So we ask that you will bless this offering in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.